Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 66. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello there and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Do you know what? I start every episode saying that and I sit here right before I'm due to start and think, what shall I say today? And I literally say the same thing every single week. But it's really interesting. I'm now going off on a complete tangent, by the way. It's about just being natural, I guess. And I guess naturally that's what I would say. And if I tried to start it saying anything else, like, hey there, or how you doing, or whatever, it wouldn't be me, or that isn't how I'd speak. And I try and imagine how I'd speak if someone was in front of me. And I guess that's different, isn't it? So it's hard to relate that one. But Anyway, I apologise that I literally start the podcast exactly the same way and pretty much finish it exactly the same way every single week. But honestly, it is a bit hard to think of something. And the other thing I do sometimes is I go and listen to other people's intros because, as you know, I am a big podcast fan and I listen to lots of podcasts myself. But again, same thing. If I tried saying what they say, I'd end up sounding like James Wedmore or one of the other amazing people that I listen to instead of myself. So, I will continue to do the same, if not slightly boring now, intro, and then we'll just get straight into it. So that's the only bit that's the same. Okay, I hope you've had a good week. And if you listened to last week's episode, I talked all about the fact, uh, in the intro anyway, because it was an interview, but I talked all about the fact that I'm changing the name of the podcast. And I've got a couple of questions to ask you before I change it. Now, the name has been decided, and I apologise if you're not keen, or if you've got a point of view, and normally I'd be so happy to hear it. However, I literally have tried to decide a new name for what feels like months and have messed around and have come up with every kind of name that I could think of. And now I'm settled on this. So it's going to be this because if I start thinking again, then I'll change my mind again and it'll just be a nightmare. So the podcast is going to be changed and is going to be called Marketing That Converts. 
And the reason I'm changing it, as I've said before, is very much down to the fact that the podcast covers so much more than just social media. However, the key bit in this for me was the words that converts, because that's the thing that I really want us to focus on. That's the thing that I love so much about what I do and about the world that we're in right now is that we can actually see what is working and what's not working. So my aim is to always give you stuff that will work and that will actually result in customers or followers or email addresses, whatever it might be. So hopefully marketing that converts kind of covers it off. And also I'm going to let you in on a bit of a secret that this is now the new name for several other projects that I've got going. So we're going to have marketing that converts the podcast, marketing that converts the academy and marketing that converts 90 day focus. So basically the way that my business is going to be structured is that my free content is my podcast and other free content that I put out there. But that's going to be the thing that everybody can have no matter what their budget, what access they need or anything. They get to listen to the podcast every single week. And I hope my aim is that obviously I add value to you every single week. Then the next step up is going to be the academy. And I'm yet to actually fully decide on the details of it. But basically what the academy is going to be is a membership. And that membership, God, I feel really nervous talking about this. Isn't it really funny? Like, I feel like now I'm saying it out loud on the podcast, it's absolutely real. And I need to get my backside in gear and finish it because we are putting it together as I speak. But I'll carry on. Sorry, I got almost a little bit emotional, (laughs) which is ridiculous. So yeah, the Academy is going to be the membership. And the idea with the membership is I've got so much good stuff to teach you. I teach you sort of, I teach you kind of not the minimum, but the the most I can get away with in a podcast. So I try and give you really good value, but the membership is about taking it that step further. It's about deep diving into actual things, going through physically step-by-step but not just going through it in more detail, but giving you videos where I talk you through things, giving you workbooks, giving you checklists and all those things so that you can physically go and do it yourself. The other reason I've chosen membership is because the world that we're in changes all the time. Social media, digital marketing, the platforms, the rules, the amazing technologies that we've got, they change all the time. So for me, creating courses or a big, massive course on all this just wouldn't work because literally day one, and it could be out of date. The other thing I love about the membership model is the fact that I get to help you ongoing. So you get to come into a community with me where I'm there in the group and I'm going live a couple of times a month and I'm helping you and teaching you and you get to ask questions. And that for me is the best bit because the training is great. Giving you advice is great, but I love it when I'm able to sit and talk to people and say, what do you do? I would do this bit for you. Or that bit I talked about there, I'd probably tweak it this way for your industry or your business. So I'm really excited about the thought of spending time in a more community-led environment with a load of you guys where we can sit and I can help you take all the cool stuff we talk about on the podcast take it that next step further. So that's going to be the academy. And then for those of you that want to really kind of ramp up and do it quicker 
and want more of my time and a smaller group, then the 90-day focus is going to be exactly that. It's going to be a 90-day program where we work in a very small group, no more than say 15 people in a group, and we will have um, some really cool stuff. So you'll get a one-to-one call with me at the beginning of the 90 days where we talk through what your objectives are for the next 90 days, not just from a marketing perspective, but also from a business perspective. And then what we're going to do is we'll have weekly calls with just that small group. You and I will then have a monthly catch-up call where again, we jump on a Zoom call and we review what you've done. We set your goals for the following month. And then at the end of the 90 days, we then have another call to see how those 90 days went. And obviously, if you want to sign up for another 90 days, then great, we'll do that as well. But the 90-day focus is really aimed at much more focused, smaller groups and more in-depth work. So I am excited about these. I don't, do you know what? I don't want to keep going. I'm super excited about this program because I'm so tired of hearing people say that. And I think maybe because the industry I'm in, I hear that a lot because I hear a lot of people selling a lot of programs. But I am genuinely excited to help people. That's what I'm excited about. So I can't wait for those programs to be up and hopefully have some of you guys in there and I can help you more closely and we can really push your business forward. Anyway, I realised that possibly sounded a bit like a sales pitch, which I apologise for because I'm really keen not to do the kind of uncomfortable, sleazy selling yickness, which I hate. Anyway, but I want to explain where marketing that converts comes from and the how it's going to look across the brands and, and what it's all about. So hopefully you quite like that name. But the question I have for you, God, I digress so much there. The question I had for you initially was when I get my new intro and outro recorded, because obviously I have one for the podcast, do I get a British accent or an American accent, which I have currently, or do I just do it myself and get someone to put some cool music behind it? Or do I not have one altogether? I have noticed quite a few people don't have one altogether. So I'd be interested to see what you think on that one. Also, in terms of the actual day it changes over, I'm not entirely sure it's coming. Like I said, the branding's done. And obviously now I need to sort the intro and outro out because I'd like to know your opinion. But I will make sure that I do lots of marketing across all my platforms. If you are happy to share, then I would appreciate that and appreciate you so very much if you could do that, just because I'm really nervous to change the name because I don't want people to think that A, it's a different podcast or B, I've gone away or whatever they might think. So I'm going to be putting together some marketing materials that basically promotes the fact that we've changed names and nothing's changed. So if you are happy to help, that would be awesome. And like I said, if you keep an eye on my social media, you will no doubt see some stuff on there and be able to share that in the coming weeks. Okay, let's get on with today's episode. So what we're talking about today, it's a solo episode, no interview, just me rambling on in your ears. And today I'm talking about influencer marketing. Now, I know some of you out there or potentially lots of you are going to go, that's not my bag or Teresa, I'm not some big, massive brand. I can't afford to bring on the Kardashians and promote my product. That's cool because I don't want to talk about that kind of influencer marketing. I want to talk about influencer marketing in a way that you can use it for your business and that it might help you in your business. And it might be not what you think influencer marketing is, but I just want to throw a couple of concepts out there just in case either A, you are working in marketing and you want to think about it, or B, you have your own business 
and you think, is there a way that I can do this? So let me start by looking at some of the basics for you and giving you a bit of an overview about influencer marketing itself. So basically, in short, influencer marketing is brands working with people of influence. They use their trusted following in order to team up with them and provide them with their product or service. And that person obviously talks about it on their social media following. And basically, it's like a modern version of word of mouth marketing. So whereas in many, many, many years ago, you would ask your friends, who do you use for this or what do you do for this? We're now looking to influencers to recommend products and services to us. But influencer marketing isn't just about those big, massive celebrities, as most people might think is the case. Anyone really can look at doing influencer marketing if they are of influence. And you can work with people of influence. It doesn't mean they have to be a celebrity. And actually, when you work within a niche, it works really, really well. And the main platforms that you're going to be looking at on this are things like Instagram and Twitter are probably the most well-known ones, but it can still happen obviously across Facebook and YouTube and it's rising in podcasts. So when you talk about influencers, I think about three types. We have a micro-influencer, a macro-influencer and a celebrity influencer. So let me start with a celebrity influencer because I'm fairly confident that most of you aren't looking at celebrity influencers Awesome if you are, obviously, but I would say for the average business out there, celebrity influence probably a little bit out of their reach. So celebrity influencers tend to be people like the Kardashians. They have over millions of followers and they have a vast audience, huge reach. They're very professional when it comes to being an influencer and they tend to work with massive brands because they're very expensive to work with. And I guess when you think of influencers, maybe that's what you think of. Now, a macro influencer tends to have over 100,000 followers. They have a large audience, but it tends to be in an established niche. And they have had experience working with brands and the likelihood is it will cost as well. So they're kind of in the middle. And I, for instance, have, if you know Jenna Kutcher or someone like that on Instagram, then I would say Jenna Kutcher is a great example of a macro influencer. And then the last one is the micro-influencer, which is where I want to focus because this is where I think that actually you could probably look at using this for your business. Now, a micro-influencer has over a 1,000 followers, but obviously they tend to stay under that 100,000 follower mark. So that literally can be two, three, four thousand 4,000 followers or 15, 20,000 followers. They have a really strong relationship with their audience. They tend to be niche specific, so they tend to be working within a particular area, which is why it's so great for working with micro-influencers because their following might be a lower number, but actually they're really dedicated. They're really interested in their content because they are more niche. They do tend to have a higher engagement and conversion rates, and often they are cheaper Or in some cases, they might be free. They might not charge to actually put something on their post. It might be that they are happy enough just to receive the product or good at no cost in order to then post about it. So for me, looking at micro-influencers is a great way in order to think about how you could use this potentially for your business. But I want you to think about how it can benefit the business. So influencer marketing is on the rise. Now, I just want to put a quick note to this that obviously there are a lot of influencers out there or people out there, I should say, that would call themselves an influencer that aren't. 
in the agency side of the business, we manage a gin client and we get a huge amount of requests for free gin from people who claim they're gin influencers. And you start digging a bit deeper and I promise you they're not and it's probably not worth collaborating with them. So I'm going to quickly cover how you can check some of those things in a bit as well. But it's more subtle. So it's not so in your face as trying to do advertising or kind of pushing yourself out there. And it is seen, even though this has been tested a bit, it is seen as credible. Because if someone is genuinely using your product or service, then obviously it's credible that they're talking about it. And it works in lots of niches. So for me, what's really interesting is I often talk about products and services that I use in my business. Now, I tend to only talk about the ones I use and the ones I love. So for instance, you will hear me talking about lead pages. I do talk about Infusionsoft, which is called Keep Now. I will soon be talking more about Kajabi because I've been using Kajabi, but I only talk about these things that I actually use and you can see on my platforms. So for me, that doesn't necessarily feel like being a micro-influencer, but I guess it is. And that's what I'm kind of talking about, really. And the other cool thing about working with an influencer is when you do get leads from a campaign or you get extra followers, they tend to be really relevant. Because for instance, if you're listening to this podcast, then the chances are you're going to be interested in the things I talk about. And therefore you might be interested in the products or services I talk about. So it can be really, really useful from that point of view. Now, as a quick side note, obviously there are some laws around influencer marketing. Nothing for you to get too massively concerned about. They're fairly straightforward and clear. And they mainly lie in the responsibility of the influencer rather than the brand. But obviously for due diligence, you probably want to make sure if you're working with anybody that they are following these guidelines too. So in the show notes for today's episode, I've put some links to a couple of websites. Now, they are they tend to be UK ones. So you might need to make sure wherever you are that you're following the rules. Because I know that, for instance, in the Middle East, because I did some training out there, they actually have a certification that you kind of have to sign up to before you can be an influencer. So I will link up to that in the show notes. Like I said, those links for the UK that talk about how to make sure that the influencer you're working with is working within the law. But of course, like I said, this is just something for you to have an idea of, and it does really kind of sit with the influencer to make sure they're doing what they should be doing so they don't get into trouble. So how do you go about actually finding an influencer for your industry or your niche, that sort of thing? Well, the first thing that I have to say is that you really do need to make sure that you know your customer, because if you don't know who your customer is, and I go about on about this all the time and I apologize, but it's so important, then do you know what? You're not going to be able to find the right influencer to make sure that they're talking to your audience. So some of the things you want to look at once you've worked out who you're speaking to, i.e. who your customer is, is you want to start trying to research things like what size of influencer do you want? What sort of size is good that you think you're looking for? What platform do you want them to be on? So for instance, if Twitter is a platform that you're really active on, you might want them to be on there. Also, you need to have think about what will they be posting? What hashtags might they use? How relevant are they to you? And are they seen as an authority? And then obviously think about what kind of audience you want them to be targeting and what their demographic is. So once you've had a little bit of think about the research, 
you will then want to start looking for these potential influencers. So places that you can look are, you can look at hashtags. So once you've identified the kind of hashtags that your customers are using, you might want to have a look at, are there any people on there that look like they're potentially influencers? What's trending at the moment? So that's a good place to look, especially in Instagram, because you're going to find some of the bigger accounts in there. If someone's an author or a speaker, or they are influencer in a particular demographic, those are the places to go and actually have a look for those influencers. Now, it does take a bit of time. You are going to do a bit of research online, but hopefully you're going to start to find people. Events is a great place. So for instance, if you are looking for an influencer in a particular sector, go and have a look who's speaking at what events. Now, there are some systems out there that can do a really good job of finding influencers for you, but obviously there is some cost around that potentially. So definitely wants to have a look into. So things like BuzzSumo, Social Bakers, Tracker, I'll put links to these in the show notes, but just a few of those that you can go and have a look at if you want to use a system instead. Obviously, one of the key things when you're looking at influencers is how to spot a fake. Now, as I've said to you before, there are lots of people that might call themselves as an influencer that perhaps aren't really the level you're looking for. So the first thing to look at is consistency. So I want you to go onto their platform and look at how consistent they are and consistent over loads of things. So first off, is their engagement consistent? Are they consistently getting the same number of comments or retweets or likes or roughly a similar amount. What you're looking for is that they're not some ridiculous drops and spikes, because if they are, there's a chance that maybe they could have been sort of orchestrated, or they're not as genuine as you might think they are. The next thing to look at is the posts. Are the posts consistent? Are they consistently posting on those platforms? Do they look the same? Is the style the same? Can you expect to get a similar look and feel on it? Now, the other thing you want to look at while looking at their account is how would my brand or how would my product or service look in their feed or on their stories? Would it fit? So let's pretend for a moment that I was an influencer. I am pretending, by the way. I don't think I am. And Martha Brooke, who I think I've talked about before on the podcast, who's a lovely stationer's in London and they do these really beautiful bespoke stationery notebooks and oh just amazing stuff I love it anyway Martha Brooke color and style and everything is beautiful and sits really well with my brand so I often will put a Martha Brooke bit of stationery in a flat lay so for me if for whatever reason Martha Brooke was looking for an influencer and they looked at me and they thought oh yeah you'd be good then they would look at my feed and their stuff would fit really nicely if I had a really vibrant neon coloured Instagram feed that was full of like crazy colours, then those lovely muted pinks and blues may not fit so nicely. I know it sounds ridiculous to think about the style, but you want to make sure it fits. So the other thing you're looking for is odd numbers in terms of how to spot a fake. And when I talk about odd numbers, I'm talking about odd numbers and engagement, but also the number of people that like the page or their profile compared to their average engagement. So for instance, you should be seeing a similar kind of lift in as their followers grow, their engagement should grow. So if someone, for example, has got 40,000 followers and they're literally getting 100 likes per image, there's something wrong there. So to give you a kind of idea 
At time of recording, I've got 2,000 followers on my Teresa Heathwearing Instagram profile, and I roughly get anywhere between, it can probably go as low as like 70 or 80, anywhere up to like 140. Occasionally, I've had some go over the 200 mark, number of likes every time I post. And like I said, I have 2,000 followers, so I really don't have a lot of followers compared to some of the bigger accounts. However, when I look at an account, like I said, that has 20,000 followers and they're getting the same number of likes as me, for me, I feel like there's something, there's a disconnect and their audience maybe isn't as engaged as my audience are. So do have a look for those odd numbers. Also, do they have a limited profile? Have they filled everything in on their profile? Do they have all their details? Is there other stuff you can go and find them on? So for instance, you Google my name and you find me everywhere. So it's very evident that I am a real human being and this is the job I do. I keep using myself. I promise I'm not sat here thinking I'm an influencer. But can you find them in other places? So have they got lots of other things that they're doing? Do they show up in other places? And the other thing to look for is do they have loads of spammy comments? And a spammy comment are things like, especially on Instagram, best post ever, or just a thumbs up, or just a heart, or just a kind of as evident that they haven't read the post. Now, everyone's going to get spammy comments. There's no doubt about it. I have spammy comments on my posts. However, if that's all the comments I have, then again, that's a concern. Whereas normally I have a couple of spam and then I have real genuine comments, which I then respond to, which again is another really good indicator that this is a real influencer or a real account. So again, the other thing I want you just to think about here is that they don't need to be these massive accounts. So for instance, when I first got started in business, I used Twitter a lot. I really like, and I still do like Twitter. And for some reason, the location I'm in in England, in Shropshire, there's a fair bit of ruralness in Shropshire, but the location of Shropshire tends to have a really strong Twitter community, which, like I said, I find a little bit odd. I don't know why that's the case. It's cool, but I'm not sure why that's the case. So when I started my business, one of the things that I did when I was building my Twitter was I started to look for people in Shropshire that had bigger accounts than me. And I started including them in tweets. And this is something that I recommend to anyone that I do training with when we talk about Twitter. And I'll say to them, now my account's grown and is in the region of sort of 12,000 followers, which again isn't massive. But what I'll say to them is if I'm training you, then write a tweet about me or include me in a tweet saying we're doing some training and I will retweet it to my audience. Now, obviously for me, that's cool because I'm having sort of people saying they're training with me. But of course, what happens is their brand, their name, their post gets retweeted onto my account in front of my followers. So I want you to think about influencer marketing on a really basic level like that. I want you to think about actually, if I'm trying to make it big in certain areas, then who is bigger than me in those areas and who could I work with? The podcast, again, is a great example. The people who I try and interview are bigger than me. They have bigger audiences than me. One, I try and have them on because I see them as an expert in their field and I believe they're going to do good content and they're nice people. That's my favorite thing. But two, for me personally, if they share my content, if they share the fact that they were on my podcast, then again, that's me reaching out to their audience. And again, that's kind of influencer marketing in a way. 
So I don't want you to necessarily think I've got to have a product. I've got to send that product to a celebrity and I've got to pay them a whole lot of money to go. Isn't this product amazing? Just even people on social media talking about you or retweeting your stuff or sharing your posts is a great start for you. So I want you to almost think about it like that. So let's say you identify some people who would be a really good fit for your brand, your product, your service, and you want to go and work with them. So how do you reach out to them? How do you get started? So one of the first things I would do is obviously go and make sure that I'm following them on every social media platform. I would start to like and comment and share and basically talk about them in your social media about how you liked how they did this or this particular thing. And obviously they'll be putting out their own content. So share some of their content too. So for instance, every time they advertise the fact that they've done a new YouTube video or they've done a new blog, then start sharing those posts. Once you've kind of started to build up that interaction, you might want to think about DMing them, just replying to one of their Insta stories, maybe just so that your face keeps getting put in front of them every so often and they start getting familiar with you and your name. And then try and find some way that you can help them. So for instance, if they are asking you to share something, if they are in need of something, if you can add some value to them, that's a great way to start to build that relationship. And then if they have got that then and you've done it, then great. And then I would start to think about doing an introduction to them. Now, one of the things that I do for the podcast, and I've talked about this before, is when I want to interview someone, I send them a video DM via Instagram. So I literally record myself talking to camera saying, hey, whoever it is, you don't know me, but my name's Teresa Heathwaring and I have a podcast here in the UK and I've had amazing guests on there like blah, 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 whoever it might be. And I think my audience would love you. Would you consider coming on? And I find that the video thing works really well for me because it's it's just more personal. And in all honesty, it's probably much harder to say no to a video of a face rather than just a text. And it makes me stand out a bit. So that's one of the things that I do in order to get in front of people. So you might think of doing a video. You might think of sending them something quirky. You might think of sending them like a, a gift or something. And I again, I love stuff like this where like often a lot of the systems that I use, they have swag. So I think I've talked about it before that Thinkific sent me a hoodie and oh my God, I don't wear hoodies. I've never worn a hoodie in my life. They sent me this hoodie. I put it on. It was like a revelation. I loved it. But they do great swag, which they give to lots and lots of people that engage with them. So again, things like that to help people stand out is great. So to finish off, I wanted to give you a couple of tips that when you are reaching out to them, how to give them the pitch, as it were, how to try and convince them to then come and work with you on a project or a campaign and how you can have them as an influencer for your business. So in terms of the pitch, you want to make it really personal, personal in the sense that you want to have looked at their profile and said, I really love how you do this, or I like the style you use for this, or I love how you do this specific thing. So try and be really specific and really personal about them so they know that you've been paying attention. Explain the benefits to them straight away. We all in business tend to think of ourselves first. It's so bad, but we do because we are busy and we've got stuff to do. And therefore we pretty much need to know fairly quickly what is it that is in it for them? So why should they do it? So explain the benefits to them kind of straight off if you can. 
then you want to share your ideas with them. So for instance, as a brand or as a product or service, you hopefully will have something in mind that you want to work with them about. So hopefully when you reach out to them, you say, I love what you did here. I really think this could work with us. I'd love to run a competition with you about X, Y, Z, or I'd love for you to write a blog post, including this or whatever it is. So try and share some ideas with them, set a deadline, say to them, I'd really like this to be going out by, and give them, I don't know, six weeks or something. So they know how quick you want to work or they know how soon you need a response or or just to keep that moving. Give them a call to action. So make sure you say to them, I really want to get this moving in the next six weeks. So if you can get back to me on this number and book an appointment, great. If not, I'll reach back out to you in a couple of days or something like that. But do give them a call to action in terms of how they can take this going forward. And like I said, you can either send this in a DM, you can do it on a video, you can pick up an email address if they've got one. But obviously, it's just the case of putting that out there. And what the other thing I tend to do is when we have worked with influencers with clients in the past, I tend to keep a note, just like an Excel spreadsheet of which ones we've contacted, whether they've got back to us, whether we've started the campaign, whether we're still discussing it, and all those various sort of good bits. So I really hope I've given you a bit of an idea that even if you'd never considered influencer marketing before, that hopefully I've I've put it to a, a level where actually I think influencer marketing literally starts at someone saying, I used this, this was great. And it doesn't matter how big the account is because someone else saying you're great is way better than you saying you're great. And obviously in most of our marketing, it's us going, look how awesome we are, which we do need to say, but it's so good when someone else does it. So definitely, definitely have a think about this and how it might work for your business or service. So I hope you find today's episode interesting and maybe I've given you a few things to think about as to who you could reach out to and how you can get in contact with them to work with your product or brand. So next week, I am interviewing the very lovely Callie Willows from The Membership Guys. And you'll understand, obviously, why I've been working with these guys, because obviously I, as I've said at the beginning of this podcast, am starting a membership. So this is really exciting for me. It's going to be great to have her on. She is honestly the font of all knowledge. So if you don't know these guys, as in Callie and Mike from The Membership Guys, then definitely go check them out. But like I said, she's going to be on next week's podcast. So have an awesome week and I will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 